The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Fourteen twenty in the morning, 14 minutes and 20 seconds, where the sports talk to get you through your daily commute. Hot takes, recaps, best bets, and a little humor to get your day going in the right direction. Sit back, grab your coffee, and let's get into it. Who do you got winning the World Series? Right now, I hate to say, probably, I'm going to go, actually, you know what, I'm going to go on the limb. I'm going to go crazy, Texas. That's not a bad choice. Not a bad choice right at all. Now it's not. Right yeah. now it's not. They, they can get a couple of starts out of Scherzer, you just never know. Well, there it is. There's our main man, Jim, the fan of the van from the fan of the van podcast, making his uh, his proclamation back in way back in August. The Texas Rangers were going to win the World Series, and Jim wasn't wrong. They got the they got the World Series. We'll get that in half a second. But thank uh, we're four fourteen twenty in the morning for this second day of November two thousand twenty three. We are sponsored today. We are sponsored as always by SeatGeek.com, the SeatGeek app. Use promo code one four two zero pod at SeatGeek.com today and save yourself twenty bucks on your first purchase. Remember, we are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Go to BellyUpSports.com for all of their great articles and other great podcasts. They're all over that network everywhere, all day, every day. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for making us a part of your day each and every day from all of us here at 1420 World Headquarters. Yeah, there it is. There's a wrap on the Major League Baseball season. That's it. That's all. The uh, the Texas Rangers, they got it done. Power bats in the that came up in the end. The, the, the uh, Cinderella story of the Arizona Diamondbacks never came to fruition. Cinderella never wins. Let's not kid ourselves. Very rarely do they ever get this far, let alone uh, take home that golden glass slipper. Didn't happen again this year. The Texas Rangers, they went and spent some money a couple of years ago. They got a team that did it. They uh, made some acquisitions. They, they got everything you need to have. Corey Seager, as I uh, stated yesterday, big revelation there that uh, Corey uh, Seager was going to win the uh, MVP of this this World Series. He got it done last night. The uh, yeah, the Rangers is too strong, too much, too much going on. Uh, it's crazy to think that Zach Gallen had a, a no hitter going into the uh, the seventh inning there, only the one walk through six, and then the seventh it kind of just I wouldn't say fell apart, gave up the one run, and they, they got him out. Uh, it's crazy also to think that uh, Araldis Chapman's got two World Series championships, and none of them with the New York Yankees. Think about all the years he spent there in pinstripes in the Bronx, and he, he's now he's got two. Of course, he got one with the Cubs as a higher gun in 2016. And then he got the one last night. He came in the seventh last night and did a little mop up work and uh, held the run, held the uh, the one the one nothing lead. That um, crazy crazy game last night. The way it all turned out. Uh, Nathan Evaldi and all his uh, all his Tommy Johns. I know we kid about him, but he's just he is so clutch in the playoffs year in year out, and he's uh, he's worth every penny for these these teams in the playoffs. And he, he got it done. He was scoreless through uh, the end. Well, the, obviously they didn't score any runs, and that's the thing. Like uh, Arizona just didn't have any bats throughout this entire World Series, and, and on and on it goes. But uh, congratulations, anyways, to uh, the the throngs and throngs of Texas Rangers fans throughout North America. There's about twelve of them. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't kid. No, congratulations to the Rangers on on a, on a, a Great playoff run, 11-0 in the playoffs on the road, and they got it done. Uh, anyways, uh, last night, Jake, the intern, he put me to work. We had a, I had a, a, a interview with uh, Mr. X from the New World Oiler podcast. They're part of the, the Hockey Podcast Network. We had, did some Oiler, uh, had some Oiler talk, talked about the uh, – the 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 season so far 
where we think they're going, what McDavid might do uh, if they don't get something done, the goaltending situation, Ken Holland, and on and on and on. We talked about the orders. Great. It was a lot of fun last night. Thanks very much to Mr. X for joining us on the uh, 1420 podcast last night. I'm going to play it for you guys right now. And thanks to Jake for lining this all up. Me and Dave will probably uh, talk more baseball tonight about the World Series. Uh, I think, I'm pretty sure Jake is coming on for a while, a little bit. So you guys get to know Jake a little bit, the intern. He's got some other, other great interviews lined up for us. Seattle Kraken. He's got a Flames guy lined up and as well. Of uh, uh, Vancouver Canucks, a uh, longtime uh, broadcaster, it's coming on the, the, the show. Probably the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, interview we're going to ever have. Or we've had on the show to date. So Jake's uh, Jake's putting the work in for the uh, for the guys here at fourteen twenty. So thank you very much. But here is our interview with uh, Mister X from the uh, the New World Oiler podcast that we did last night. All right, four, all right, 1420 in the morning tonight. I'm joined by Mr. X of the New World Oilers podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. How are you doing tonight, uh, Mr. X? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Let's talk some Oilers hockey. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers won. They're fresh off their win on uh, on Sunday night in the Heritage Classic, a game that, uh, you know, the Oilers uh, dominated through and through because that Calgary team is Absolutely horrific, but the Terrible. orders are two, five, and one. Uh, the, are people around the city of Edmonton off the ledge a little bit after that win in the Heritage Classic? I mean, we can breathe now, we can exhale a little bit. You know, there was a sense where if we did lose that game, it was gonna just go into all hell. Um, you know, we've been to that decade of darkness, and nobody wants to go anywhere back there, right? So, it's for us, it's I think Edmonton, we expect to be in the playoffs, right? But sometimes they forget that you have to go through the actual regular season to get there. The the thing with the Oilers that I that I like about them, yeah, they the Oilers and Flames both went into that Heritage Classic uh, with both with basically with with one with one win, uh, and not looking very good at all. But the thing with Calgary, they don't have two guys by the names of uh, McDavid and Drysital, and Calgary's in a heap of trouble. I don't want to get into the, the Calgary thing. There's got to be a, a little sense of relief winning that hockey game on on Sunday, and knowing okay, we have these two guys, McDavid's healthy again, we we're probably going to get to 500 very soon. And and, and that's probably the, the first goal. Well, I want to stop you right there. I don't think Connor's fully healthy. You know, just by watching him shift to shift, I was actually at the game on Sunday. Oh, um, hey, that's good. Yeah, it was cold. It was uh, cold as balls, but uh, you know what? Good, <laughs> good to be there. Um, what can I say? Alberta, right? But it was a great game. But yeah, McDavid, I don't know what it is. Could be his hip, but he looks a little bit off. Um, but even McDavid off, you know, he's still the best player in the world. You have 29 as well, but that's what I'm saying, though. You know, on paper, this team is the best, one of the best in the West. You know, it's Colorado, it's Dallas, it's Vegas, it's Edmonton. That's uh, one thing I, I I quite like. I had high hopes for Oilers this year. I'm an Oilers guy from way back, and I I, I had really high hopes. I just don't know if uh, GM uh, Ken Holland did enough over the off season to add to that. This this uh, this team this team has lost uh, two years in a row to the eventual Stanley Cup champion, and I don't know if Holland's done enough to make this team um, go to the next level. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know what? That's kind of uh, Edmonton's. Every Oilers fan will tell you Ken Holland hasn't done enough. You know, he kind of shifted the team backwards into cap hell. Um, the Campbell deal, $5 million for a backup. That's tough. Um, 
it's it's going to be a grind for sure for this team to get going, but they can do it, man. Like on on paper, like I said, they're one of the best teams down the middle. They have McDavid, Drysaddle, Nuge, uh, Ryan McLeod, right? Uh, the biggest issue I would say would be would be between the pipes and Darnell Nurse's partner because right now Cody Cece is not it. Right. I, I would love to see Matias Ekholm step in there and steady down nurse because who's gonna do it? No one's done it except for Ethan Barry, what three years ago? Been a long time since Bear's been around. Yeah, you get get back to goaltending thing. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm 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 a bit of a goaltender hugger, the one of those guys. And uh if you don't have good goaltending, you don't win. And exactly. I, I was I was really excited for sure when the Oilers signed Jack Campbell that contract. And I thought it was very a very a team friendly contract of four and a half million bucks. And I thought, okay, you know, that that's a pretty good deal considering the season he had with the Leafs was it two years ago. Yeah. And I thought, you know, that that's a good deal. I think this this guy he's the he's a real deal, and he has not delivered so far. Skinner's okay at best. It, between the pipes, this team has struggled over the last few playoff runs and everything else is gone. And I don't know if these two guys are good enough. What's your thoughts on uh, on the Colting situation there in, in uh, Edmonton? Oh, boy. Well, on my last podcast of uh, New World Oilers, um, we discussed goaltending options because I think we all know that for this team to take the next step, they need to improve between the pipes and on the blue line. And you know, on, on defense, we're hoping that's Broberg, but between the pipes, I think that Edmonton knows that it's not Jack Campbell. And for $5 million, that's really eaten up a lot of our uh, cap. Um, it's it's keeping the Oilers really tight, tight budgeted because they can't even call up guys anymore when guys are injured. You know, uh, they're playing, they started the season playing 11 and 6. Um, but there are some options though out there. And a couple of those options... UC Soros from Nashville, right? The guy's making yeah. five. The guy's making five million dollars, and uh, and Nashville's going nowhere. Nashville. Nowhere. I mean, I think that they're trying to keep their head above water. They've always been more of a defensive-minded team. Um, I don't know what Barry Trotz is doing there in Nashville, but hey, they just picked up Barry. Um, they traded away at home to me. That that's a team that's yeah not trying to improve currently. They're a team that could use a higher draft pick. So hey, if you're Edmonton, take advantage, man. Campbell's five million. Uh, Soros is five million. What does it take to uh, take Campbell's contract and get you Soros? What maybe two first round picks um, and a second? And I don't even know Xavier Borgo. The uh, the Oilers have a little problem with secondary scoring. Obviously, they, they got the great the, the the big two with uh, with McDavid and with Drysaddle. But after that, you, you the 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 only big acquisition that the uh, Oilers did this year was going out and getting Connor Brown, which he's an okay player. Connor okay. Brown's a serviceable guy. He's a third, he's a third, third, fourth line kind of a guy. Uh, Connor Brown, Ryan McLeod, Dylan Holloway, no goals so far to show for the season. Uh, when does that? When does uh, when does that get broken up? Because it's not good when you have two guys, three guys who haven't scored a goal yet this season. Nine games well, in. Here's a fun fact: uh, Connor Brown, ex-teammate of Connor McDavid um, from Erie Otter. Uh, the last time they played together, I believe Connor Brown outscored McDavid in that year. That's, that's a true story. Fun fact, yeah. Right. So 
I don't know the exact point difference, but I know that Connor Brown did outscore McDavid. And, you know, I thought that they were maybe going to hope to reunite that chemistry, get it going a bit. But Connor Brown has been uh, very lackluster, to put it lightly. Um, he hasn't been what anyone has thought, especially the fact that, you know, his, his bonus next year is going to be $3 million, right, on, on the Oilers cap. This year he signed to under a million, but his bonuses will move up onto next year, onto that cap next year. So right now, is he playing like a three million dollar player? Absolutely not. Um, I I think that you're right though. We have to separate that third line of Brown, Holloway, McLeod because it's not working. I would put Brown back with McDavid, to try and get you going because if anyone's going to get you going, it is McDavid. As for Holloway, he's been on the doorstep getting chances. Um, I think he's been one of the best forwards on that team to start the year. And for McLeod, you know what? I'm starting to realize that, yeah, he's fast, but he doesn't body check. He doesn't really put up points, right? He, he doesn't win a lot of faceoffs in the dot. So what is he really bringing in that third-line role? Maybe he's more of a fourth-line center. And fourth liners, they get very limited ice time nowadays. It's just one of those things. If your third line isn't producing at all, then you're you're in big trouble. A guy that I liked a lot. I don't know how much you uh, you got to see of uh, Vander Kane at the Heritage Classic because you said you were at the game on oh, yeah. on Sunday. There, uh, Kane looked really good. He was aggressive. He he's playing with a little bit of sandpaper in the back of his pocket there, and and going going pretty good. And that's the kind of uh, guy Kane needs to be to uh, be effective. He's always made a career out of what he's done. Uh, the thing about Kane, I liked about him two weeks ago when he kind of called out uh, the coach there and he said, I'm not playing, so I might as well get in a fight. I quite like that with Evander Kane and how he went about saying that and do and uh, reacting the way he did. What's your thoughts on, uh, on on Kane's game so far this season? And uh, what's the what's the ceiling for Evander Kane? I happen to agree with you that, you know, the interview was not, it didn't look the greatest, but I mean, you know, you need some. It wasn't wrong. Yeah, you need some pushback in that locker room, right? And that's why you bring in Evander Kane in the first place. Because, I mean, who else on that team is going to really do that, right? Um, he hasn't played the best this season. You can't blame Woodcroft for putting him on that third line, right? But at the Heritage Classic, you're right, he came on. Uh, he had a goal. He had an assist. Um this team, every Stanley Cup team needs an Evander Kane type, right? Like in Washington, they had uh, Tom Wilson. Um, let's see. Chicago had Andrew Shaw, right? Uh, Pittsburgh. Who did Pittsburgh have? Hornquist, right? Even uh, Corey Perry on the Lightning team. and on I love Corey Perry to play my team any day of the week. Oh, of like, course. You know, if for a million getting, bucks for he's making, absolutely. 100%. Well, he's getting $4 million right now in Chicago, right? Which is nuts, but I mean... It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I like I like the way Kane's playing. The way he called out uh, Woodcroft like a little bit and said, "Yeah, I'm not playing. So I'm going to do something." And I think that's the kind of guy he needs to be. Um, the defense, like you, you, you brought up Darnell Nurse a little earlier on. Everybody agrees he's overpaid. He's a great player. He, he's just overpaid, and he got a big contract. He shouldn't. Have. He's probably more of a six million dollar guy than nine million dollar guy. And that, and and that's. And that's kind of holding the orders back a little bit and good payroll constraints and everything else throughout the league. That contract it might come back to haunt them. I, I don't think that Nurse is a bad player. He's just not nine million bucks good player. No, of course not. You know, to be a nine point what two five million dollar player, 
he here's the thing is that he puts up points five on five he doesn't get much power play time i think if he did he would get more than like 50 or 60 points right but they've never really put him on pp1 which is you know it'd be giving him too much too much minutes uh if your nurse you got paid what are you gonna do not take the uh, money right i wouldn't say no exactly so i think what the oilers have to do is every oilers fan is in my dm saying trade nurse whatever buy out nurse but guess what in reality you can't do that right so what can you do you can find a guy it, it sucks that you, that you have to do this but you got to find a guy to mitigate nurse's mistakes right and nurse here's the thing oilers had a defenseman back uh 2006 on that run that was amazing you know he was very and nurse has a lot of his attributes and that's chris pronger you oh. know Pro, pronger's mean pronger's big pronger could skate nurse can do all those things but he doesn't want to defend for some reason you know some people are like should he just go and be a brent burns and go play forwards right put him put him next to mcdavid but hey you know what nurse it's up to him if he wants to reach that level and play that defensive game but until then the Oilers and Ken Holland are going to have to find him a partner that mitigates his all of his bad play, basically. And that sorry, yeah. To interrupt that you, one, one last six, so, go, so go, go ahead, finish off. There's one guy that I would love to see on the Oilers next to Nurse, and that's Radko Gudis. Good I think player. That, I think that Gudis, you, it, it wouldn't take that much to get him on your team. He makes $4 million. It's a bit of an overpay. You can always give Cody CC because really CC. He doesn't bring much sandpaper to this team. Um, Radko Gudis, $4 million. He's mean. He's He could play defense, right? And I think maybe he could really make that defense a little more nasty or angry. Nurse used to be a really angry guy. I don't know what happened to him. He got a little angry with the media the other day when they, they asked him what was wrong. He said, well, we basically we fucking suck or however he, he worded it. But it was, it was like, holy Jesus, uh, you don't yeah. normally hear that. And it, 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 he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong no. by any means. Uh, they, they have not scored like that defense. Let me you hope your defense keeps pucks out of the net more than they put puck, pucks in the net. But that defense, other than Evan Bouchard, hasn't done anything at all offensively. No. Uh, that's got to be concerning a lot for for the orders a lot and for, and for for coach woodcroft like they we need to get some scoring elsewhere like who do you think think can step up and you know we're, we're, you're 10 games in now and, and uh, all of a sudden you are who you are right and this is what what you got uh, it, it, people say it's early but jesus it's not that early because year in year out if you're not in a playoff spot by american thanksgiving and that's only three weeks away this is who you are yep. uh who's like what's what's some secondary scoring who who's going to step up a little bit and start scoring some goals and putting some points on the board for the Oilers because right now they just don't got her. Yeah, you know what? You're definitely right. But when it comes to their defense, I think that their, their biggest problem is they can score. If you looked at you know their games this year, yeah, against Vancouver, they put up one goal. But, I mean, they've been putting up four goals, three goals. Nashville, um, they scored three against – or four against Calgary there. Um, Winnipeg, they couldn't, they couldn't do it, right? But uh, – I think that their defense needs to focus on defense. You know, uh, Bouchard, yeah, he'll get you the points. Nurse can get a couple here and there. Uh, but, you know, that's Edmonton's biggest problem for the past 15 years is defense. Keeping the puck out of the net. Secondary scoring, I think, will come. It's what, six games, seven games in, into the season, right? Everyone's still finding their legs a little bit. Um, Holloway's on the door. 
Kane, you know, he was pretty bad for the first couple games, but he just potted a couple, right? So it's you you have your first two, you know, your number one, number two, and Connor and Leon. Uh, I think Nuge and Hyman are a good secondary scoring, right? And behind them, you have Kane, you have Holloway. Uh, Warren Fogle's been stepping up a little bit. Um, we're just waiting here for Holloway to pot one and for Connor Brown and McLeod to slip one through. And today, actually, they called up Sam Gagne. So, you know, Gagne's always been one to find the net. I like that Gagne, bringing, it, bringing him back a little bit. I like that move. Uh, a guy who's been a seasoned veteran, obviously, he's been around for a long time. I don't mind that move and say, you know what? I know I know what the game's on. He's not going to get you. He's not going to get you 25 goals. He's not going to get no. you 100 points by any means. But I don't mind that move coming coming back and playing a little bit for the, for the others. I, I think it was very a very smart move. Uh, let's move on to McDavid and Dreisaitl. Uh Is this team... Basically, I mean, it's, it's two pretty good ponies. Is yeah. this team a two-trick pony, and that's just what they are? I mean, two of the best ponies in the league, by anyways. But yeah, yeah. Like if you could pick any two players just to have on your team, and the rest be all duds. I mean, they'd be the two, right? Um, but I'm not saying that they're all duds, right? But they definitely are uh, not win by committee team. Not like a Vegas last year where, you know, they were, they had a lot of no names on their team, right? They just won by committee and they grinded it out and they worked hard and they were big all around the ice. Edmonton is not that right now. Um, they can be mean at times when they can get angry, right? But I mean, they're, they're, like you said, mostly McDavid and Drysaddle and everyone else just pick up the slack. Uh, what can be, I personally, I think that when they're out there, the rest of the team just watches, right? It's, they're just like, Goss talked about, oh my God, Connor and Leon, look at what they're doing. But they have to kind of dig their heels in a little more and, you know, work as hard as these guys because if Connor and Leon are getting shut down, who's scoring? Well, as of right now, nobody. And I, I'm not concerned because the scoring is going to come. You play with, with two guys with that level, they're going to score some goals exactly. um, and, and, get, and get it done and everything else. Do you ever see like if let's let's just uh, hypothetically speak because of what podcasts are and we clickbait and everything else? But uh, is do you ever see a, a chance where if the Oilers don't get it done again this year and they don't get it done again next year, and Con McDavid's only got what three years left on his deal? Oh, you're gonna go there, hey? Eh? You're gonna go uh, there. No, just hear me out. And then and then you have uh, you have Drysaddle who's got this year and then next year on his deal. I don't think Drysaddle is going to leave, but I think you might see a situation where the two of them are like, because apparently they're really good friends. They're, they're really oh, yeah. close they're best to everything buddies. else. They're best friends. Do you ever see a situation where they go, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go there. Do you ever see a situation where the two of them say, you know what? I got to get out of here. Like I, this, I'm not winning because McDavid has every every trophy for his trophy case already up on the mantle. He's he's got it all: the Art Ross, the Hearts, except this, for one, everything else, except for the one, except for Stanley Cup. Yeah. And winning, winning is hard, right? And the Oilers haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1990 in that season, yep. or in that in that city. Sorry, do you ever see a situation or or a chance that maybe Connor McDavid and and Drysdale not? I don't want to signal sing single at one or the other. Do you ever see it, a thing in the next couple of years where they both go? You know what? Get me the fuck out of the out, out of the provincial capital of Edmonton. And that is every Oilers fan's worst nightmare. Um, but in reality, you know what? There's a saying in Edmonton. It's that 
you know, if Gretzky can be traded, anybody can. Anybody. Right? And especially if you're not winning. And this summer, Drysaddle went on record. Uh, I believe it was Elliot Friedman who asked him, you know, uh, in the 31 Thoughts interview, uh, your contract's going to be up in two years, I believe, or a year. Um, you know, what's that? What, what's going to happen? And Drysaddle basically said, you know, I want to be on a winning team. And, you know, long story short, if it's not a winning team, they don't want to be here. And I think you're right. I can see Drysaddle staying here long term. Uh, and maybe Connor skipping town. There was word about, you know, LA being interested in dry saddle, but now they have Pierre-Luc Dubois and they locked up Kopitar for longer, right? I don't think that's going to be a problem there, but... A lot of money there, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, there's te- there's teams like New York, Toronto, Boston, who are all looking for centers, right? Um, and yeah, Boston's really good, but with, with no one up the middle right now, and oh, they yeah. can use a guy like dry saddle. I mean, it's not going to happen this week, but maybe in the offseason, if the Oilers don't win this year, yeah, can, can you imagine a- dry saddle and Pasternak? Jeez. That would be nasty, right? Points. But I mean, the league, the I think that the league would love for McDavid to go to one of those big cities like uh New York or Boston or uh even Toronto, which I would hate, obviously, but uh, yeah, you know, if they if they can pull out a Stanley cup win here in the next two years, I think there's a good chance of both of them staying like the Oilers just hired Jeff Jackson, which is McDavid's uh, uh, what's it called? His uh, agent, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you don't hire this guy without having some kind of plan in your back pocket to re-sign Connor. Right. And some people are even saying Connor might stay and Leon might leave, but those guys, like you said, are really good buddies. And, um, there's nowhere else in the league that both of them can play together, right? And they've been here for so long. They set up roots here. If you were, if I were to give it a number, I would say it's a 75% chance that they resign and 25% chance that they leave because, you know, these guys, they're good enough to win. And if they do, God help us. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> Well, no, and I don't want either, either of them to, to go anywhere. It's just, it's just, uh, it's interesting because, like, when when McDavid's all because right already, if he was to something were to happen to him to, tomorrow, we, we couldn't play anymore. Whatever injury he has, he's already in the Hall of Fame. Oh, let's, yeah. let, let's not kid ourselves. He's he's the he's the best hockey player to ever play the game. Like, not the greatest because that's still Wayne Gretzky, but he's still he's the best player to ever ever play the game in 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 in, uh, in the history of the game. And uh, when you but go to the Hall of Fame on on his plaque, if it doesn't say Stanley Cup champion, well, what 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 did you really do? I mean, you you can score all, a thousand points and you can get this and that and everything else, but you need to you need to win, right? It's one of those things. And like I I, I think they're on 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 track, but I just I just don't know if what they've uh, done this year if they're any better than Colorado or if they're better than than uh, than Las Vegas. And you, you look at, uh, and bring this up a little bit, is uh, a couple of years back when the Colorado Avalanche got beat the, seven, the, the, the playoffs in the first round, yeah. and uh, Nathan McKinnon basically said, well, I haven't done a damn thing, and he used a different expletive there, I haven't done a damn thing in this league so far, so what, what, what am I doing? And I, I kind of compare that, those two guys right now, a little bit like, Hey, I haven't won a damn thing here. What am I doing? And you just hope the Oilers can can figure figure it out to to put a few more players around around McDavid and Drysdale to, to 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 get it done. If they are going to win a cup, it's going to be McDavid dragging them on their back, obviously. But oh, 100%. I, I don't know if you watched last week where McDavid was out for a week with that uh, lower body injury. Um, 
they didn't look very good with without him, right? So yeah. they're gonna do everything it takes to keep this guy. Um, throw the brink truck at him, you know, hit him with the brink truck, you know, like give him sixteen million dollars, whatever it takes. Uh, dry saddle, I believe the same thing. But uh, here's here's the thing. Here it's it's heartbreaking to say, but if you if you know Connor's gonna be leaving, the question is. Let's say he's let's say he's gonna leave and you have a year a year's notice. Do you do you trade him, right? Because you could get a halt even for a year for Connor McDavid. Yeah, you get you get the world. You can get everything you need to get to win that Stanley Cup without him by trading him. Yeah, even like the, the, this off season, if they they don't get it done this year, which is, you know it's not looking so good right now at two six and one where, where their record is, because. Dry Settles contract is up at the end of next season. Next season, yep. So do they go? Well, we're not doing anything here. Let, let's uh, maybe let's let's trade Dry Settle right now and get get a huge haul for for because someone someone will give a lot for Leon Dry Settle for one year. Oh yeah, a lot, one hundred percent. So it's, but it's the exact same thing. It's a Jesus. I just don't see them, even if not in a playoff spot. You know, I think that their mindset would be. Like let's say this year, all all everything goes to hell, and by the by the trade deadline, they're not in a playoff spot. But I think that they would say in that locker room, you know, what we have one more year of Connor and Leon, let's go for it. Don't trade them, right? But you know, who knows what happens the following year if there's no extension in place for Leon? You know, because I think that if Leon does sign an extension, Connor will follow. But if they leave it to, to the last moment, I don't know. That's going to be tough. Yeah, I, I hope they can figure something out because those those guys are too good to not have a, a, a legacy be, behind them. I mean, lots of players go go with, obviously go without winning a Stanley Cup. Winning's hard. I, I I totally get it. But McDavid, he's too good, and he's too. It's not even good. He's too great to not have a a Stanley Cup title uh, on his Hall of Fame plaque. It's just one of those things. It's uh, you, He's the best to ever play the game. You you not, probably not the greatest, but he's the best. You you probably watched Dresky, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So let's say both these guys in their prime. Who who are you taking? I'm taking McDavid. McDavid's the greatest McDavid. hockey player ever played, or the best the, the best hockey player to ever play the game. Yeah, ever. Not the greatest. That's still Gretzky, but the best to play, ever play the game. The speed that McDavid does things, it's unprecedented. It's it's unbelievable what he does. I I was uh, down in LA a couple of years ago when I I went to a, a Kings Oilers game and to, to watch him was unbelievable. I've seen it a couple of times in Edmonton as well, but the people that were clamoring around in LA before the game at Staples Center, when it was still Staples Center, it's a US.com or whatever it is, Arena. Yeah, I think but it's like uh, Crypto.com or something crypto. like that. Crypto.com, crypto whatever yeah. it is, the US.com is like thing, but <laughs> the, uh, the, it's, it was, the people around the arena in, in LA were like, we're here to see Connor McDavid. Like, because he, he's that good. He's that polarizing and he's, he's, he's that much of a the, the speed he does things that is is unbelievable. Un, it's 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 I, I you, 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 you you can't teach that. That that that's born ingrained ingrained. Oh yeah, I I'm sure there's some kind of alien gene in his body somewhere. But you know that guy he he works like I could I could train from the day that I'm two years old until the day that I'm 18 draft day and not be that good. Right, you're right. That's a god given talent, and you know Edmonton is so lucky to have this every night. Um, TNT, you know, last year, uh, 
Edmonton was barely on any of the channels, right? But this year they dominate the majority of the U.S. channels. And why do you think that is? It's because of Connor. It's because of Leon. You know, people want to see these guys nightly. Uh, the Leafs are no longer the uh, hockey the night in Canada team, main. Uh, yeah, they're they're no longer the mainstream hockey night in Canada main game. You know, it's the it's the Oilers. I'm glad you brought that 2006 uh, season earlier on tonight, there, Mister X. We were talking a little bit about the uh, the Oilers. Like I'm a, like like I said, I'm an Oilers dork from way back, and uh, that 2016 was a fun to watch with Chris Pronger. Yep. Uh, what's Ryan your memories of that one? Like it's, it, it's it was such a great run they had. You you you're a lot younger than I am, but what do you remember that that 2016 with Pronger and Pekka and who was in that Dwayne Rollison, Ryan Smith was still Ryan there Smith. and everything else. What's your uh, memories of that 2016? So funny story. That's actually the year that I got into hockey. I was 12 years old. You know, I played some ice, some ball hockey, some roller hockey here and there. But I mean, I I was a soccer guy back then. I don't know what I was thinking, but. You know, that playoff run, it really sparked something inside of me. And, uh, you know, to see those guys, like you said, like uh, Jason Smith, Gator, you know, Pronger, oh. uh, Rolson between the pipes, my favorite Oiler of all time, Ryan Smith. You know, he's the heart and soul to me of he's Captain Canada. He's like everything that encapsulates an Oilers player, you know. Yeah. Um, in that in that uh, playoff run where Rolson got injured by Marc-Andre Bergeron in the first game of game one, Oh man, that was a heartbreak. If they don't, if if they go with uh, UC Marketing instead of Ty Conklin, the Oilers oh. win the Stanley Cup that year. But think about it; like they're 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 a UC Marketing away from winning the Stanley Cup. That's how good that team was. And it was lightning in a bottle. They they got it all and and, and had it all happen in that 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 playoff run with Pronger. And then who was the uh, the other cat there? Uh, uh, Bassani was on that team. Bassani, yeah. And on and on it goes. And it was just a, such a fun run that they had and how they beat the teams that were just like they beat Detroit and they beat Anaheim. And, they were the and underdogs every series, game. too. Yeah. And it was it was crazy. And they 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 were went to a game seven. That was such a fun run uh, that the Oilers had back then. It was, uh, yeah. Well, you, I'm pretty sure that they if, retired Steve Eiserman, man. After that, Eiserman uh, hung up his skates. Um, you know, Pisani, like you mentioned, that overtime goal, shorthanded breakaway, you know, uh, what was that game five or game six? That's yeah. unreal. That's probably the best goal I've ever seen in Stanley cup playoffs history. Just the moment, you know, it's overtime. It's uh game six. You're going to be eliminated. If you, if you lose, you know, you're out of the box breakaway. It's just all the emotions, you know, and to lose by, it was, it was two to one in game seven, right? It was a empty net, uh, three, 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 one goal. Yeah. But, Oh man, to get all that way, it's just heartbreaking. No, it was uh, it was a lot of fun being an Oilers fan back then. Still is to this day. You have the one, two of the best players on the planet. Is all getting around that with McDavid Drysdale. Hopefully, they they can get a stop out of Stuart Skinner because I think I think Skinner is going to be the guy they're going to run with from here on in. I, I don't think that uh, I think the uh, not only is the Oilers faithful kind of lost uh, faith in uh, in uh, in Jack Campbell, but I think that the uh, the management team everything else has kind of lost faith because campbell's a little weak between the ears like he's 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 very he's okay right he's he's okay well, they I overpaid mean, for a guy who had a good season if you watch that leaf series on i don't know what it was apple plus or whatever netflix or whatever there was there was some kind of leaf yeah. special and you know jack campbell was crying he he was losing and he was crying right and nothing wrong with crying nothing wrong with any you know being soft or whatever men should cry but 
you know, you got to be tough between the ears if you're going to play in the NHL. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Don't do it in the locker room. Don't show the boys that, you know, that they can't trust you, you know, that you're mentally weak, perhaps. Um, in Edmonton, it's kind of the same thing. But, you know, in the playoffs, Campbell did outperform Skinner, but they still went back to Skinner, you know. Campbell, they never actually – they would put him in after Skinner was letting in, you know, four goals, five goals, and they pulled Skinner at least three times, right? And you'd think that after all those yeah. times, you would want to start Jack Campbell because he was playing better. But that just shows you that, you know, where the eggs of the Oilers' you know, upper lies. They lie within uh, Stuart Skinner and not Jack Campbell because why would you keep going back to a guy that's struggling, a young guy? Yeah, sure, he was an all-star this year, but, I mean, so is Logan Thompson. Right. If you were a betting man, what uh, like the Oilers are, are struggling right now, and they're they're in better shape than the Calgary Flames, who are losing as we speak right now, four uh, yeah. three. That's that's an absolute mess down there. The the, the records are, are very similar, but the people of, of Alberta are, have much more faith in the Oilers to get out of their funk than the the Calgary to get out of their funk. Uh, if you're a betting man, where do you think the Oilers? Uh, finish off this season and uh in the playoffs what uh, what's your thoughts there give me a, a little uh mr x nwo new world oilers prediction right now for the Edmonton Oilers for the rest of the season the nwo prediction here okay well they're not catching vegas vegas is already like what 20 points ahead of them something like that right there that's crazy they're gone already but you know they 9 on still... 1 10 on 1 over it is yeah yeah they can still fight for second place in their division it's not it's not gone they're like 6 points away that's like 3 wins right yeah they started off bad but do they ever start off good the oilers right last year they didn't start off great sure they won their first game but i mean september october november december is always a struggle for the oilers they always pick it up around january i don't know why they're a slow starting team for but they are and when they do pick it up they're the best man they're they're in it with the best they're they're in it with like the carolinas they're in it with the rangers uh the bostons uh the torontos you know the vegas's colorados but right now yeah you know what their record is not the best but they're gonna finish second in their div that's an nwo guarantee um in the conference i'll say third or fourth they could finish second, but uh, I think that Colorado and Vegas are too far ahead of them. They're going to be just, third or fourth. Yeah, you, you can't win the World Series in or, or the, the Stanley Cup in October. You can sure you can sure kind of lose it, and that's what the Oilers are trying to try to trying to do. I think they'll be fine. In. I think they'll be fine. It's got to get in a little bit of a hot streak. Winning four four or five in a row for that team because last year, if you remember, they had that like that power play was video game hockey. What they were doing out there, and it was a it was one of those situations where they, I think they they'll be okay and they'll they'll figure it out. Um, and like I said, they have the two two of the top five six players in the National Hockey League, and so they're they're, they're too good to not figure it out. And that's well, uh, let me let me ask you, where would you uh, put Leon uh, in forwards ranked in the world or players ranked? Obviously, Connor's number one, but where, who's where's that Leon? Who's who's number two and three in your eyes? Dreisaitl is prod. McKinnon is so good. I mean, McKinnon there's McCarr too, right? So like, good. Kale McCarr is probably right? three or four. Austin yeah, Matthews the, is amazing. Matthews is a one trick pony. He's a good pony once again. The, yeah. Yeah, he's really good. He can score a lot of goals, but I, I don't have much faith in him. I, I watch at least a lot. Um, those Hughes boys, the, the Quinn out in Vancouver is really oh, good. Jack Hughes. Uh, some somehow they got to market that sperm that his dad's putting out there because that's something else. What those Hughes boys are doing on there's, if there's they can ever play together, right bro, I'll tell you. It. Uh, I would say that there's 
I would say four. I think I think I think you you would have him at four. Yeah, behind maybe uh, McDavid, Matthews, Hughes, McKin- McKinnon. Oh, McKinnon too. Yeah, McKinnon and Matthews, and then Drysaddle. You have him at four. Yeah, yeah, I would go there. Yeah, you know what? Those guys could be anywhere in that top five. You know, even Jack Hughes. I think personally, I have Jack Hughes as my dark ho- uh, horse MVP for the season. Yeah. Right? So I say next player. year he'll be second best in the league after Connor. Like this guy's on a tear. It's uh, it's crazy how the, the Hughes boys keep going. Where do you uh, like? I, I know you're an, you're an Oilers guy. Like, what's the? Uh, and, but we're in the same province here. What's the? Uh, what's your? <laughs> let's uh, let's end things up here and have a few laughs. What's the problem with the uh, Calgary Flames? Oh, I feel bad at the time, obviously. But what's like that's an embarrassment down there. I feel bad for those guys. You know what? They have to tear it down. They have to trade Kadri. I mean, Kachuk was their number one guy. They lost him. Bringing in Huberto and Uyghur, you know, you think you win the trade, but clearly they didn't. You know, um, maybe Huberto was being driven by Barkov. But, yeah, you know, if you're Calgary, you either trade for a superstar, but there's none available right now, right? You can't find any that are just hanging on the trees or you tear it down, right? So if I'm them, I'm tearing it down. I'm trading Hannafin. I'm trading Kadri. I'm trading Huberto to Montreal. I'm sure he wants to go to Montreal. Um, Uyghur, I'm sure you can get a lot for, right? And uh, trade Markstrom and let uh, Dustin Wolf finally be your fucking starter. I agree with you with, with the Wolf thing. I, like I said, I'm a goaltender hugger from way back, and it's one of those situations there. You're like, oh, man, this is a mess. Like, but if I was Brad Treliving back in July, or I think it was July of 2022, and then when when basically when uh, Kachuk <laughs> said, I'm not resigning here, you, you might as well trade me. Yeah. If I'm Treliving and I called up, called up uh, Florida, and then when, when when Florida's GM, I can't remember his name, when he said, yeah, here, take our leading scorer. Take him. That would have been alarm for, uh, an alarm for me. <laughs> that yeah. would have been something like, why do they want to get rid of their leading scorer so badly? But I mean, I, say, I, the alarm should have been set off right then. They it, say it, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. <laughs> right? Because uh, they got eight years there in Calgary with that bad attitude. I mean, oh. look where Florida, Florida, they went to the finals last year, right? But I mean, after Kachuk and Barkov and Ekblad, where 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 are they? You know, like Bennett and Reinhardt and all those guys. I don't see Florida even making the playoffs this year, you know? And sorry, yeah, I don't know if we're, yeah. I don't know if you have a lot of time left here or not, but Florida, there's a player on that team that I would love the Oilers to target if they could. Let's say it's the trade deadline and Florida's like out of it, right? Um Ekblad has a year and a half left at the, at the deadline, right? Like he's Canadian boy. Um, I think that he'd look really good next to uh, Darnell Nurse. He's making like $7 million, $7.5 million. Figuring out the Oilers for two years would be amazing. No, that, that's, that, that's a very good point. Like, like he's a great player, always has been. Uh, kind of gets hidden down there in obscurity a little bit in Florida. Nobody really knew who he was yep. outside of junior hockey. And then he, he went to, uh, to Florida and he just plays down there and has a great time. It'd be a, it'd be a bit of a, a culture shock a little bit, I think, for yeah. a guy like Eckblad who's been down in, in Florida and down in Miami for a long time, going up to, to Edmonton to, uh, to, 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 uh, to, to do his trade up there. Maybe a, a bit to win like, a cup, oh, though, to win a cup with Connor McDavid. 
Leon Dreisaitl. Win a cup. Yeah, win a cup. And, and that, I think that's one thing that gets lost a lot is that, that I think that a lot, like we, we talk about how much money these guys make all the time. And uh, I think it gets lost a lot that, you know what, sometimes these guys actually want to win. Like they actually they want to win a Stanley Cup. When like I people- hear, when, sorry, but when I hear people in Edmonton saying they're not, they're not trying, uh, where's the competitive uh, spirit? Every player in the National Hockey League wants to win the Stanley Cup every game. 100%. Every game. And you know what? If they're not all there that night, you they know, wouldn't that, be in the league. That's a, no, that's a lack of confidence. That's confidence. That's between the ears. Yeah. You're cracking Are a little you, beer there or what? Uh, one, one I heard now and then. You know, now and then. boy, yeah, boy. It's uh, no, thank you very much for doing this tonight. Uh, what uh, tell us about all, about your show, what you got going on, and uh, where we can all find you. Okay. Well, you know what? We're on Twitter at uh, New World Oilers uh, podcast. We release every week, just throughout the week, kind of thing. Um, we are signed under the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, shout out to DraftKings um, and to Raycon. So, yeah, you know, this has been my first uh, really video outing. No one's really ever seen my face before. But, yes, I am Mr. X. Um, happy to be outed on this show. There you go. <laughs> no, uh, that, that Hockey Pod that, uh, Network is fantastic. We're, we might do something with them later on. we kind of in contact. And the, a lot of great shows on there. And, you know, I listen to your, your guys' show a lot in the last few days. It's been very, Thank very you. good. So it's uh, been a lot of uh, great Oiler insight and everything else. We'll have to have you on maybe uh, post uh, before the trade deadline. So if you are in a uh, – in a uh, trade or in a, a trade, a, a keeper or, or, or go a, a spot in the lease in this season. I, th- I think they're going to be okay. Um, so. <laughs> losing, you know, five out of their first nine games is tough, but I think, th- I think they'll be okay. And they will be a playoff team. Any team with Connor and Leon, man, they have my bet, uh, especially they better be. the season. Yep. They better be. Uh, last <laughs> question uh, before we go here. Uh, do you see Sidney Crosby maybe moving on from Pittsburgh? Because oh, they're terrible. They are terrible right now. But, you know, you're bringing in EK65 there. It didn't work with him and Burns in San Jose. Why would it work with him and Latang in Pittsburgh? I don't, think gonna be, I don't think Crosby's going to be leaving, though. You know, I think one day he's going to own part of the Penguins, kind of like Lemieux did. He's going to retire there, him and Malkin and Latang. You know, they, they could even bring back Fleury, you know, reunite the gang for one season. That's truly what I think that they, they want to do. No, it's uh, it, it's crazy. I I thought the Penguins were gonna have a much better season, and then that team looks hopeless. And like right. you said, with with uh, with uh, Carlson and uh, Latang, but you know what? The Could see is? Crosby though going to Colorado though to play with um, McKinnon. They, you know they it's they're missing down. a two C. They're missing a two C, right? And who, who who knows? Pittsburgh could always take half that salary. And there's always where there's a will, there's there's a way, right? So. They're from the same town, so why not bring a Stanley Cup home to old Cole Harbor, uh, oh, Nova Scotia, whatever it is? I think I don't, I don't think it's out of real possibility. I really no. don't. You, you know really what? Don't. Like you said, if Gretzky can get traded, any, anybody can. So anybody can. Anybody can. Hey, once again, thank you for doing this. It's, it's a great, great uh, conversation with the Oilers, about uh, the National Hockey League, and everything else. And we'll uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. Thanks soon. for having me on, bud. Not a problem. Right, talk to you soon. The foul baller. If there's a ball that's gone foul, he's gone to get it. Under his watchful gaze, all bevs, binoculars, and ballpark brats are safe. He's the only thing that stands between his section and certain destruction. That's why he only trusts SeatGeek with his tickets. The ticketing app trusted by fans. SeatGeek, so fans can fan. 
Once again, thank you very much to Mr. X of the New World Oiler Podcast. Great conversation last night. We had a lot of fun uh, before and after the show. We had a few uh, a few chats as well. No, it was a really good conversation. Make sure you guys go and check out the New World Oiler Podcast, uh, the, part of the Hockey Pod Network. Uh, no, lots of good stuff over there. And yeah, thanks very much to Mr. X, and uh, we'll get things going there. He was unsure of the uh, the video stuff, but we uh, we figured it out. We were going to get her out there, and now he's uh, known to the masses. Anyways, get some birthdays and on this day, and get everybody out of here. Uh, happy, happy 34th birthday to National Hockey Leaguer Luke Shen, born on this day in 1989 in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Shen was drafted in the first round, fifth overall by the Toronto Maple Police in the 2008 NHL entry draft after playing three seasons with the Kelowna Rockets of the Western Hockey League. Shen spent four, four years with the Leafs before being traded in the summer of 2012 to the Philadelphia Flyers for James Van Riemsdyk. Shen is a two-time Stanley Cup winner with the Tampa Bay Lightning, or as we call it here at World Headquarters, one and a half winning in uh, the COVID year of 2020, and they get another one in 2021. Shen has played in 934 National Hockey League games, scoring 42 goals, 149 assists for 191 points, and has amassed 764 penalty minutes in his career. Happy birthday to Luke Shen. Uh, currently under contract with the National Predators, I believe, uh, kind of spot duty, kind of coming to the uh, twilight of his career, but he was a heck of a player. Heck with Junior play played in World Junior Tournament for uh, for Team Canada as well. Really, really good player. Good solid player. Kind of bounced around a little bit. Was a Canuck for a little bit, and then the Leafs brought him back last year for a little cup of coffee to try to get something done. And they, of course, of course, lost out in the second round. But happy birthday to Luke Shen. And here's one that uh, in recent memories, man, this one's near and dear to my heart. One of the uh, greatest World Series, not the best World Series, one of the greatest World Series that I ever witnessed. Come go, you know, kind of go show one ended again last night. But here we go. On this day in 2016, the Chicago Cubs beat the Cleveland Indians 8-7 in Game 7 of the World Series in front of 38,104 people at Progressive Field in Cleveland, Ohio. The Cubs led throughout the game as they had a 6-3 lead in the eighth inning and looked to be uh, well on their way to capturing their first World Series in 108 years when what felt like a, as much like it's a too-good-to-be-true moment happened when Rajai Davis hit a two-run home run off of Cubs higher gun and closer Araldis Chapman. The two teams were uh, held scoreless in the night saying the game to extra innings for the drama to continue uh world series mvp hit a double uh, that scored pinch runner albert elmore and then miguel montero scored and anthony rizzo scored to make it eight six the indians got within one run when davis hit a rbi single that scored brandon guyer goyer but this was uh as close as the indians would come as uh Mike Montgomery would get a, a ground or hit a ground ball to Cubs third baseman Chris Bryant, who threw it to Anthony Rizzo at first base, ending the curse of Billy Goat and 108 years of frustration. And as sure as God made green apples, the Chicago Cubs would win the World Series. What a and the Bartman thing was done, and the Billy Goat was done, and the Cubs, and just a heartfelt thing afterwards too, with people sitting with their, uh, you know, you watch them sitting with their graves and uh, at their, their parents' graves and the grandparents' graves and uh, everything that went on with that Cubs team. That was a remarkable World Series. A great, it was a great drama right at the end. You, you wonder if that. Uh, People talk about that rain delay that happened in the eighth inning or ninth inning. I can't remember what it was, but if that might have saved the Cubs season. But it was a lot of fun to watch that World Series. It was, uh, you no, know, it was great. And he thought, you know, like the uh, the Cleveland Indians had a three a three one lead in that series too, and they just couldn't get her done. And uh, that's the way it goes. But uh, a lot of fun. Baseball's all over for the season. Like I said, maybe I'll get some guys together. We'll have a round table, see how the season went. Uh, we'll do that maybe on Saturday or Sunday. Uh, sit around, have some have some afternoon pops and uh, BS about the great sport of baseball and where. 
where we where we see guys going. Maybe the Otani watch. It's already going to start and everything else. But thank you very much today for listening. Make sure you guys check out the hot uh, the New World Oiler podcast. Uh, great great show they got going over there and everything else that's uh, happening around podcast form. Once again, Jim, thank you very much for your prediction. You're the gift that keeps on giving for us podcasters out there and everything else. That's all I got for today. Jake and uh, Jake and Dave are joining me down here tonight in the 1420 World Headquarters to do a 1420 Sports Bar podcast. And then, uh, yeah, check out all our old shows. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and everything else we got going on. And as always, remember, it doesn't matter where you are. It's who you're with. Have a good day, folks. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You just listened to the 1420 Sports Bar podcast. Four beer of the sports talk and a whole lot more. We are part of the Belly Up Media Network. 